I don't think I'll ever be tired hearing business growth stories about how something began with a few boxes of stock in a bedroom and now runs out of huge warehouse. If you're the same, you're going to love this episode because that is the story of Game Kings. Co-owner and founder Elliot Jessup started a business selling Cards Against Humanity sets. By the way, I love that game because he wanted to buy them himself. But the road from that to becoming one of the biggest independent game retailers in New Zealand wasn't without its complications, barriers or life lessons. In this podcast, Elliot shares his story, including how they had to rename the Facebook community they'd built from scratch for legal reasons, how the couriers used to really feel about their original offices, how COVID impacted their business, and how he almost gave it all away because he was so busy growing another business. He also shares how he juggled Game King's growth along his other passion, getting to travel the world with incredible artists as their touring lighting designer. Not bad for a 27-year-old who tried a range of jobs before realizing he's best self-employed. Game King no longer just sells board games, but is now designing their own ranges and has found the community that they built to be incredibly supportive of this. They've also found new ways to market their products, including investing in both organic and paid marketing on TikTok. If you want to be inspired and hear some of the trials and difficulties that Game Kings have experienced and how they've overcome them, this is an unmissable episode. Before we jump in and start talking to Elliot, who is honestly one of the loveliest guys I have met in ages on this podcast. To be fair, I don't have a lot of guys on this podcast. I have got a few coming up though, but he was amazing and so inspiring. But before we jump in and listen to him, if you've got questions coming out of this podcast or you'd just like to hang out with other small business owners, come and be part of the Mapit Marketing Group on Facebook. You can ask me questions there as a marketing strategist, get support and help, and also for, um, find out about our events and other things to help you in your small business. Right, without further ado, let's hear from Elliot. Welcome, this is Mapit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hi and welcome to Mapit Marketing. Um, I'm your host, Rachel Claver, and I'm really excited to have our guest, Elliot Jessup, here with us today. He owns Game Kings, Game Kings, and I have um, bought from Elliot before, um, and I've also just followed him online and just watched his absolute catapult into growth um, as he's growing a business that is admittedly, as he says, niche, but really is touching a pain point that we have in so many areas of our life of needing to connect with people, have fun, and as he says, um, make card games and games cool again, which I think is very important as someone who was a previous nerd, always a nerd, let's let's be honest, I'm still a nerd, um, but to actually think that my nerdism can be cool now is actually quite good. So um, before we jump in and talk a little bit about how Game Kings came to be and and how it's grown, um, I thought, Elliot, could you just maybe tell us a little bit about yourself so we can find out about you? And welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you so much um, for having me. Um, that was a great introduction. I feel like you've, you've covered off a uh, a good part of me but no I'm Elliot uh yeah I started Game Kings genuinely as an accident uh, a couple of years ago I never thought it would get at the start I never quite thought it would get to where it is now but yeah I'm based in Kirikiriro Hamilton um run Game Kings day to day um love it we've got an awesome team there and on the side of that I also freelance as a lighting designer but that's kind of that's completely <laughs> off to the side but because yeah. you've got nothing else to do right yeah, because I am a sucker for uh, I'm a sucker for doing too much. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's fun to have a couple different projects, you know. Like, and uh, yeah, it's fun to never have free time. Well, I think too. One of the things I, I years and years ago, I did um, a whole lot of articles for I can't remember, it was Next Magazine or something like that. And I was doing a series of articles for them. But one of the things I became really passionate about because I was writing, I wrote like twenty seven books in eight years when I was quite a young mum, and it was like a lot. And people used to say, "How do you do that?" And I said, "I think that when you're busy." creativity and growth as an entrepreneur happens when you're hitting against a wall of a boundary and busyness can be a really good boundary and it's a better boundary than poverty because poverty is just bloody stressful yeah yeah exactly I think I just I got no obsessed with the idea of 
building something big, but I just, I like the idea of growth. You know, I've got ADHD and I think I get very bored quickly. I don't, mm -hmm. I just don't think that's why I've never, never done well in jobs. I never really did well in school. When I was younger, like the first couple of years post school for me, people were just always blown away, but man, you've got your fingers in so many pies. Mm -hmm. And I was literally just putting my fingers in every pie to work out which one I kind of liked because I'd, I'd never stayed a job more than a couple of months. Um, I was admittedly a terrible employee good at making relationships with bosses and we'd always come to mutual agreements that mm, I shouldn't be here I never got I don't think I ever got uh the only time I actually got properly fired was from cotton on um but that, that's fair enough um <laughs> I I feel like this is great I know I can see why I really want to have you on my podcast my father tried to fire me from a job that he employed me in and like that's the lowest. Like yeah, your dad is going. He's a veterinarian, and I was a vet nurse. I was the worst vet nurse there because I also with ADHD. I'd have to clean up the surgery afterwards, and he'd just be like, "What has gone on in here?" And I'm like, "It's clean." And he's like, "There are literally swabs on the floor, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like wig." And I was like, "I didn't see them. I didn't notice them." You know, I was too. And I was great at customer service. Yeah, chatting on the phone, really good at uh, writing down anything matter. afterwards. Mm -mm. <laughs> Yeah, no, very mutual on that. I that's Bennett. So Ben, my business partner in Game Kings, we're we're the perfect little combo because yeah, I'm the same. I can pick up the phone to anyone and I can come up with such a great idea with them. But if you expect me to do the follow up email, it's not happening. Um, the whole the whole thing's just not happening. Um, it's so and I do believe you have to have someone like you've got Ben. I've got my husband Rod. You have to have that in the business to balance it. That's how entrepreneurs with ADHD succeed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and I think just. I used to beat myself up a lot about it and try and make myself better and be like, no, you know, like I have to be more organized. I have to be better at emails and I have to, but like, I think just actually understanding, no, that is like a real weakness of mine and how do we build a team around and, you know, I think we're good at that. And I think also giving myself a little bit of grace for the skills that I do have. Cause I realized that, you know, like other people can't just pick up the phone to, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> just a complete stranger and call them with a wild idea like that to them is way too scary but to me that's exciting that's so cool that's creative and I never thought about that being an ADHD trait but the, like I got I got my book contracts at Penguin because I just randomly emailed like the head publisher and said hey use me I don't have an ego but I'd like to write and got three book contracts out of it and I do think maybe that is a trait that I hadn't seen as an ADHD trait that is actually a beneficial one yeah, I've never thought about it too much as an ADHD thing as well. But, you know, just that bold confidence um, has definitely it got me a while. It got me a wee while. Like I think about when I first when I first left school, was still at school maybe, I wanted to work in radio. Mm. And I remember I literally worked out where the media works office was in Hamilton. And I went there after school one day in my uniform. I'd gone online. I'd worked out who the manager was. And I just went and knocked on the door. Hi, I'm Elliot, um, and I really want to work in radio. What, what can we do? And I think they were just like, who, who the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that was kind of how I left school. I just, I went there, I started volunteering and just literally doing anything they wanted a couple of days a week. And I, I had a scholarship to like a very nice school um, in Cambridge, St. Peter's. And I remember going to see the principal and just saying, hi, sorry, sir, um, I'm not going to be here Tuesdays and Thursdays. And he goes, what do you mean you're not gonna like that's not really an option I was like no no no. I've got this internship at MediaWorks and I really need to go do it um and that was the start of me getting kicked out of school it was just which is a shame in lots of ways because I think you know if if you are being proactive to doing that I was thinking you know if my daughter has, has had a similar journey in some ways in terms of boredom at school and needing to have other things but I look at other people Johnny O'Donnell who I really like who's an entrepreneur uh, you know, like he went and did a whole lot of stuff during school and the school gave him room. It was, I think it was a Nelson and the school gave him room to do that. Like, I think that schools should actually see that. And I understand that private schools can often be a bit different, but I, I do think feeding the entrepreneur that go get it and, and trying to balance it, but keeping those kids also in school a little bit too, you'd be, you would have been able to get all your work done because you would be motivated because you were squeezing that stress in. Hey, like it probably would have made you achieve better at school. Uh, maybe with, maybe not within, within reason I think at the start they were they were mildly supportive and the kind of deal was okay well if you can keep up on school uh, okay yeah okay you know? and and so it was <laughs> that was actually on me for I just I didn't care you know didn't care anymore I totally understand yeah. I knew that yeah. learning whatever I was learning and you know year 12 math I just didn't interest me at all couldn't couldn't give a shit um 
and you know like I've been doing lighting stuff since I was at high school and I remember you know I got offered two weeks working on like the rugby world cup back in 2011-12 sort of thing and even though you know it was a pretty basic lighting job as a 16 year old I couldn't turn that work now no who would and you know the school the school was relatively supportive and you know like you know now I literally tour the world with some of my favorite artists you know getting paid great to go do what I love creatively and it's like well you know thank you to the school for giving me the time to go and do that stuff but you know also I was so lucky to go to a school that was so well equipped from like a theater point of view good point you know I got to play with lights at school and drama and stuff like that and that brought me forward and at school actually I wasn't at all interested in business never thought about business would have never taken an economics class or any kind of but thinking back on it I was so into business because I, I was at boarding school for a while and I worked out they didn't have a canteen at the school and I went home every weekend and so I would go to I'd go home and I'd go to reduce to clear that like shop where they get rid of stuff yes. and I'd go and buy expired energy drinks for 50 cents a can and Perfect. I would I was buying slabs and just slabs and I was getting mum to bring them to school during the week and, you know, I'm going out of school with a second backpack full of energy drinks, running Perfect. a test system on my phone, just giving them to my friends. But on oh, my phone, cool. Yeah, he owes me for four. Cool. And I I know I remember one day, I think I made about 100 bucks cash a day at the school. Perfect. And to the now looking back and I was like, yeah, very entrepreneurial, very business. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, oh, no, this is cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I do think it's interesting because my my brother actually almost got kicked out of um, school for doing the same thing with fireworks because he was there. He was like about you would have been the same age as that for you, but obviously he's a lot older than you. Um, but the year before fireworks got banned, he went and bought a whole lot and hid them in his room, and then went and sold them at his, at school for a huge profit the following year, and almost got expelled for it because obviously it was illegal. Um, but I, I do th- I I do think it's interesting when you look back and see those different things, and I and I think also uh, one of the things I like about Game Kings, from what I understand, is really it came from you falling in love with a particular game and struggling to get it. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. It's like I was, you know, I was bored. I was looking for stuff to do with my friends. We were looking, um, you know, what, what we could do. At the same time, I was also quite interested in like digital marketing. And I genuinely read an ebook about bringing, you know, importing products and selling them on Trade Me. Um, and, you know, I was just kind of, you know, bored kid. And I, I had this little light bulb and I was like, oh, hold up. There's that game that we want and we can't get it here. Um and, you know, looked overseas and you can see like one of the original e-commerce tricks I ever learned was about looking through the Amazon top 100 lists. Ah, yes. You know, and I just remember scrolling and seeing, you know, this game, Kazi, it's so high on that list. And then going to trade me and being like, well, you know, it's not on trade me. Is it on? And I couldn't find it on any other websites really in New Zealand. And it was kind of like, uh, yeah, well, I guess like if I want it, someone else probably does. And that's literally the whole whole starting game kings was the 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 premise of if i want it maybe someone else does um and it's an interesting and and the game everyone by the way is cards against humanity which if you haven't played it before and you have a slightly not deviant but slightly naughty viewpoint on life i would highly recommend it um just you know potentially play with 13 year olds but besides that you know it's it's a great game to play um and so it started with cards against humanity and i remember like i vividly remember when that happened because i know that before that pretty much the only way to play Cards Against Humanity was to download their e-pack, print it out on paper, and then cut them up, and it was flimsy packs. Uh, and I think that was actually the first way I ever played it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I said, no, you go. No, no, you go. I said, I oh. told you I'd interrupt, but I'm happy if you oh. interrupt. <laughs> no, I was about to say, and I think that's how most people played it for mm. a couple of years. Um, and to be fair, I think that's where our first sort of packs came from as well, because I didn't really even know where to source, like, you know, this this was when Cards Against Humanity was so just an internet project sort of thing that, you know, I'm just finding miscellaneous supplies to say they can sell it and I'm like, fine, I'll have it. Um, you know, and that was a learning on what licensing um, and where to buy official product came from. <laughs> I love that. So Cards Against Humanity was where it started and you were just selling on Trade Me. Mm-hmm. And then what happened after Trade Me? Like when was the point where you went, hang on a minute, did you have other games that you were selling on Trade Me before it became this big game king thing and with maybe your own website? Like, what was the process for you? Yeah, so it was it was Cards Against Humanity um, for probably like a year. And this was literally while I was still living with my family. 
I had, I just had a few boxes of them literally in the corner of my room mm. and I had a stack of courier bags and, you know, I'd sell a couple packs a week and I'd hand write the courier bags, I'd drop them to whatever. And then sometimes I'd sell out of the boxes and I'd literally just forget about them for weeks or I'd forget to put the trade me listings up. And I, I remember one time my family harassing me being like, you've got all these boxes, can you please put them on trade me? Like, <laughs> it's taking up all this room. And I was like, oh, fine. And so that was probably, I don't know, I, I'd say, yeah. But to be honest, I thought when I first got the first few packs and I was like, cool, we'll sell these, you know, it'll be done. This is a six-week project. Um, and then I'll go on to whatever the, what else I was doing at the time. Um, but then, you know, those first 60 sold pretty well. And I was like, well, might as well get some more. Might as well get some more. And then, you know, Cards and Spanish sold expansion packs. So to me, well, it's natural that we yeah. sell the expansion pack. And I think because at the time I also was just starting to dabble into like marketing. Um, I understood, you know, oh, we should try and, you know, capture this database. We want to, you know, the amount of times I got trolled off by trade me for sending marketing emails to email addresses. Yeah. I got trade me. Um, and, you know, we launched a Facebook page and brazenly called it Cards Against Humanity New Zealand. Um, and just... At the time, I was, you know, maybe 19, and it was just a shit posting page for me. I'm just throwing out memes. I'm just having fun. I'm literally just, I'm building this funny little page. But, you know, that's what made our social media great, is it wasn't that we were trying to make this brand and sell games. I'm literally just a meme on Facebook. We're just having fun, having a good time. And then every couple of weeks, I'll drop a, hey, we're having a flash sale. We, you know, we're slashing the price of the game, and we just sell heaps. And, um... You know, this went on on Trade Me for probably two and a bit years, two to three years. And at the time, you know, I'd moved out of home and I had a really good friend of mine, Carl, living with me. And the deal was I was busy because I, I did a day job working in marketing and real estate. And I, Carl was a student and one of my best mates and I said, hey, you can come live with me. We'll get this apartment. We can have the apartment for free because I sell this stuff on Trade Me and it makes just enough to pay for the rent. Mm. and um the only deal is you have to help ship out the games and it was great and that that went on for probably a year and then then what happened is the actual official distributors for cards against humanity australasia kind of were like hey guys like you can't be bringing this in yourself you can't be calling your page cards against humanity face you know cards against humanity new zealand so that that was kind of the, the biggest roadblock and that's where i thought oh, maybe we throw in the towel and at that point you know we maybe were selling 10 other games on trade me and well, ah, whatever, but, and I think we, we gave up on it for maybe a couple months and I kept doing the real estate thing, but I just kept having this itch. I was like, nah, come on. Like we were, we were selling so many games. Like we were paying rent. It was, it was going well. So it was like, okay, well, how can we go official? Like, what do we, what do we need to do here? Um, the first thing was, I was very sick of paying trade me fees yeah. and I worked out what Shopify was by that point. So we decided, no, we'll uh, we'll get in some games through the official Australian distributor. Like we'll, we'll do it properly, and we'll get the we'll get the Facebook page back up and running. And by getting access to the official distributors as well, we realized, man, there's there's not just ten games. There are thousands of games because this guys have access to Catan and Code Names, Monopoly, mm. all of that, all of that stuff. I remember going on their site and realizing, holy shit, we can buy PlayStations wholesale. That's so cool. <laughs> Um, they would have almost probably like directed you away from like being like maybe we could just like make put our profits back into buying playstations yeah literally and um you know we also looked at the fees we were paying on trade me every time we did one of these flash sales and so i still have a screenshot somewhere which i will send you of the first ever game king site because i would I love it, that i remember it so clearly it was like a friday and we said oh let's do a flash sale of games you know this weekend let's get some cash we probably wanted to do something and um, we whipped together this Shopify site and I'm going to say literally 40 minutes, just wow. choose a theme. The logo was just a piece of clip art with the word Game Kings written under it that was crooked and like we'd literally screenshotted it off another website so much that the logo was like slightly cut off. There was no about us page. There was no shipping page. There was, it was literally just raw product listing um, and set up on Shopify Pants or Stripe or whatever it was at the time. So quick and easy to set up. And we launched it on the Facebook page. And I think the page maybe had a few thousand followers at that point. And when we launched it on the page, the site converted at 11% um, that weekend. Wow, that's really high. Oh, insane. And we did like thousands of dollars. And um, there was like a real pivotal kind of moment where I was like, 
oh, wow, like it's actually not about how good the website is or anything. It's about people being in love with the brand. Mm. Like people like Game Kings for the fun social media, the fact we're very personal and they trust us, you know, they, yeah. we post photos of ourselves. Like it doesn't matter how the pages are set up. And yeah, to a degree now I can, you know, I do really care about how the website is set up and, you know, all of that. But they just proved that, you don't need to be something crazy to start. Like it just needed to be a basic site. Yeah, um, but I, I guess for you, one of the things is one of the things I write down here from what you're talking um, when we're looking at it is uh, I've got a group coaching program. One of the things we were talking about with TikTok was I have I was telling I expect my I want my coaching clients to have their business TikTok, but to have a personal one on something they're really interested in, because I have that and my personal one outdoes my business one or it has been. Because my personal one isn't me going, I'm going to sell to people. Like in my head, I'm not going, I'm just selling to people. So one mm. of the things you did really right, and I'm sure you're aware of it, but that whole thing around, you know, putting memes and just like joking around and being silly on it, it, it's, it creates a community of people that are interacting with you. So you're, you're actually building a whole lot of trust and interest in you. And the engagement's always going to be bigger then so that when you do sell, people are ready for it. Like they're almost begging or waiting to be sold to yeah exactly and like even the content that we were posting it wasn't even necessarily like that cards against humanity related like no. you know, was, we're just having fun and, and yeah sure it's in a similar comedic sort of area but you know naturally it was just me and my mates having fun on facebook um and and growing a following you're so right people trust us and you're right people almost ask for it at that point they're like oh who is this you know what how can we support them and i think you know when we release our first ever kickstarter project because you know we make games now as well mm. it, the the backing was incredible because i think there was so many people who probably didn't even care about the game we were making but just were so invested in the whole game kings i guess like story and ecosystem and to be fair like that is 100 what's put us um above you know our, our biggest new zealand competitor yeah. um like and they're, they're critically aware and have, have told us, you know, they're like, oh, we're jealous of, you know, the personality and your marketing and stuff. Cause, and it, it is a thing that a, a big company, it, it does get harder to do as a company gets bigger, especially, you know, it's been probably a big challenge for Game Kings for me to get other people to help with marketing. Mm. Every, every time we've got someone else to help with marketing, I feel like such a micromanager because I'm always like, ah, oh, no, nah, just, just change. Because to a degree, like I'm kind of like, well, I'm the one who like, in the start got us here I, I know what works on our social media I know how to you know I think get... too though like people it's really interesting because if you get more than one person being the face like I even think about companies like Duolingo who made their Duolingo out of the face and that was genius um like it's with when you've got one face or you've got a regular person and you've got their feel and way of doing things people relax into it and the minute you start adding other people in I can understand why you'd want to micromanage that because if it, it, it slightly deviates away and then it just slightly deviates, deviates away a bit more and more and more, it stops being, it's so easy to slide into sale, selling territory or salesy territory instead of sticking with what your original ethos was, which was to have that fun element in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I guess when you when you bring a marketing company on board, you do tell them you know what's the goal and you do say well the goal the goal is ROAS the, the goal is you know sales at the end of the day and for you know we unfortunately we're we're, we're a little capitalist uh, business it's um should be you know, we, you know <laughs> we're you know we, we're trying to make sales um but at the same time just want to have fun um and I think you know that that kind of goes through everything with Game Kings I'm a very relaxed boss probably too relaxed at points um but it's like I have never had a proper job so maybe I'm not the best boss but I just think about what it's like well how this is how I want to be treated this is how I assume staff and other suppliers and you know I'm well known for jumping into like meetings with suppliers or you know people we're wanting to work with and being way too casual when I start the call like just jumping on and just bantering just straight away and it's like well just shut up. We're all just people. Take your stupid, like, I don't care about your suit or the meeting. Like, you know, you're literally just a dude or you're, you're a person. Like, let's just, let's have a good chat. Um, big sidetrack, but yeah. Um, no, no, it's not a sidetrack, actually, because I'm like that too. Again, I'm thinking, is that ADHD? Uh, or maybe it's just that I, we, I've i spotted you because you've got a similar type of approach. But I think for me, 
if someone is wanting to be super professional and serious to try and elevate themselves with me, it's an instant turnoff. And so I've realized that one of the things I've discovered is I don't really see someone because of their wealth or celebrity or whatever as being any different to me. And so I'm quite happy to come in at the same level as them. And if they can accept that and just realize we're two people in a room talking, if they don't, I'm like, I don't know if we're going to be a great fit from a business perspective, because I don't want to feel like I'm having to talk below you all the time looking up. Like that's not yeah. going to work for me. Yeah, no, exactly. We're just, you know, we're just all people, got, right? Yeah, we're just people hanging yeah. out, we're having fun. So, so you started out in your parents' house with a a small like a like a corner of your room, and then you went to a flat, and obviously we're using some of that space to sell games. What mm. was the next step after that? Um, next step. So, as a sidetrack to Game Kings, um, because Game Surprisingly. Kings, yeah, Game Kings was was the side project. Um, I had kind of picked up quite an interest for e-commerce and I'd seen another e-commerce company for sale. Um, and it was actually, it was a, it was an online costume store. And I don't really talk about this much anymore because it's, pro I probably should, because it is literally the biggest failure I've ever had so far. Um, and <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> I was like maybe 20 and I had some inheritance and I had a family member with a little bit of cash and I had a bank who was stupid enough to give me some cash and we went and bought this online costume store and I knew I've never seen a Marvel film I've never seen Harry Potter I've never seen Lord of the Rings I'm, I I don't really watch a lot of movies and buying a costume store is the stupidest thing I knew nothing about it I knew nothing about retail I knew nothing about margin but god did I learn when I ruined it um <laughs> and <laughs> yeah so it was, at that point we needed to put the costume store somewhere. And so I went looking for cheap office or warehouse space. And we found what was Game King's original home was we were 10 stories up in this old tower building in Hamilton. And it was an old office, 10 floors up above Center Place Mall. And that became, you know, our e-commerce home for, for a couple of years. And I'm not kidding, probably over a hundred thousand orders have gone in and out of that e-commerce, wow. that lift that goes through the mall. And like we became so well known in the building because we were getting pallets delivered at the bottom of the lift. Couriers mm. hated us. Oh, I bet and, they did. You know, every order, every order went up and down this lift. It was so annoying. And um, so we, I was quite focused on the costume thing for a while. And literally Game Kings was still just this tiny little project to the side. It was kind of like crying out for attention. But I was so distracted and trying to make this costume thing work um, and just not. And... I learned so much because I, I, I'll be honest, I ran that thing into the ground. I just, I did not do a good job. Um, luckily, we ended up actually kind of, we, we sold that company off to a supplier who we ended up, we, yeah, we owed the supplier a whole bunch of money and the agreement was kind of, hey, you just take the business right off the debt and, you know, got off that quite quite nicely. Um, but then I was left, I was, I was quite depressed at the time. I was what pretty gutted. I mentioned it. So, so you wouldn't have had a lot of like set big setbacks until then. Like you've probably been like you. I mean, you got an internship at MediaWorks by just walking in. You'd got lighting design work just by kind of having these op opportunities. And so this would probably be one of the first times where it was something you really wanted and really worked hard at. And the Elliot Jessup brain just didn't work in this case. Yeah, and it was honestly a lack of experience, you know, like yeah. in hindsight, I should have never got into it. Like it was just, mm. I know so I know such an amount about retail and trade now that I just, you know, I would have never touched it. It's a cat. It's a category that I knew nothing about. Yeah. Um, and the business model was ultimately flawed and we tried every which way to make it work. Um, but Hey, like we learned a huge amount, which then helped with game Kings and, I think, you know, I was depressed for a while when when that went down um, and, you know, we lost a bunch of money or, you know, what was a huge amount of money at the time. Um, but we still had Game Kings there. And I remember, so it was my my godmother, actually. It was my godmother I was living with at the time, not my, my parents as well. And she was the one who put the money in for the costume thing. And I remember her kind of saying, oh, well, I guess that's kind of gone. And I was like, no, no, I've, I've got this game, you know, game thing. It's still going. And so she... <laughs> just by happening to be an owner of costume world 
um, which was the same company we were doing all the game stuff in, she all of a sudden became a 50% shareholder in this uh, miscellaneous games project. <laughs> and um, I was like, no, no, we'll make, we'll make the money back. Like we'll, we'll, we'll make it back. And just went to, went to work on Game Kings um, with all the things I'd learned from the costume business and went in on that. So, you know, for a couple years, we just, we operated from the, the tenth story until we were literally bursting at the seams. Like we're taking over offices down the hall, wow. putting our stuff in there. Like it was just so overpacked. It was just, and that went until 2020. That's amazing. Like, it was a good couple of years. I think it was probably 2018. We were like, no, we need to get a warehouse at some point, but we just, we couldn't really afford it. And you know, we were paying very cheap rent in this office. We also loved being in town. That was a lot of fun. Um, but then, yeah, 2020 was a crazy, crazy, crazy time for us. Well, that um, would have been, you know, we, that was one of the busiest years we've ever had. And I know that other people did very badly. You know, obviously, I always feel bad. So I, I've kind of got over it now because I realise that it's just part of the thing where some businesses will do really well in a pandemic and some won't. But for you, it's it would have been a tremendous boom because there would have been all these people who couldn't spend money going overseas, were locked at home, had to keep themselves entertained, had to keep the kids entertained, and they would have been like, I need something. Yeah. Um, and so COVID was, yeah, at the time, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. You know, luckily we were so small as well at the time that, you know, what we only needed one person to run the whole show, you know, to mm-hmm. to really do everything. And Ben and I were actually living together at that point as well. So, you know, we could actually still ship our orders because we weren't seeing any other people, it yeah. was, you know, him and I were home together and then we're just going to the office together and we'd text the courier once we'd left and be like, no one's there, you know, you're free to come, mm-hmm. come get stuff. And we were supplying game. I remember we were supplying games to like prisons at the time as well. And just, yeah, the demand for games was crazy. Getting stock was such an issue, but we're, we're quite lucky we had a bit in reserve before COVID. Um, and yeah, the whole COVID boom and that made board games, I guess, cool again as one, well, or just like opened people's eyes again to board games. Cards Against Humanity was definitely the thing which like changed the board game industry. Mm-hmm. Like before that, board games were not cool. Because I am, um, how old are you, Elliot? 27. 27. So you would be a, a, are you a gen, are you a millennial or a gen Z? Um, I you think, cusp, eh? I'm, yeah, I'm like the edge of a millennial. Yeah, because one of the things I find really interesting, so my kids are gen Z and I, I, I love, you know, board games when I was a kid was Game of Life and Cluedo, which, you know, oh, anyway. Um, and my sister and my brother are really into board games and they've always, you know, I they've got me, my, you know, Catan and Azul and those ones that they'll play them avidly and often give card games. But I'm quite fascinated about uh, Gen Zs and millennials, I think, younger millennials tend to be, that there is this real culture around board games because they don't want to be necessarily going and being going to someone's house for a dinner party, but they'll quite happily go to a, a park or to someone else's house or to play card to play board and card games. It's become a beautiful cultural thing of a way to connect. And I think too, because there's less face-to-face communication, it's slightly less intense in having a discussion face-to-face about something. You can play a game and bond and, and hang out without having to talk to each other too much. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what it is. Like, you know, our kind of company wire is about, you know, connecting people. Mm. And, you know, it's through the medium of game. And if we go back right to the very start, Cards Against Humanity was, you know, me looking for something to do with my friends, you know. It's something to bond me and my friends. And that's kind of stuck with us the, the whole time. It's just like, you know, we're trying to give a good time and help people connect through games. It's really what it is because there's nothing better than you know if you're sitting at a table with six people four of them are probably on their phones if you're not doing something yeah that's true if you can pull out a game everyone gets off their phones and just laughs and connects and gets to know each other through a game like it's just it's they're the perfect medium and that's kind of why we've never gone into like video games and computer games like you know it would make sense that oh you're game kings you should sell this stuff and you know we get search traffic on the website for it um and maybe it would be a smart move to do that at some point. But, you know, for now, it's just let's focus on, like, being the best we can for for board games. And also not just going into that, like, 
you know, very niche of hardcore, like, you know, mm. super hobby gamer. But it is the millennial, you know, my age who is, you know, not what you'd call like your typical board game nerd, but, you know, is smart enough to play Catan or Azul or something like that and take it around to a friend's house and just have a good time. That's That's who our market is. Like, I think we've tried a bunch of things. And at the start, our market was like, party games, drinking games. You just want to, you know, you want to get messed up. That's what it is. We've gone right to the other spectrum other times as well. I've gone, okay, well, let's go really hardcore on like Dungeons and Dragons minis and like, you know, that really hobby mm. hardcore stuff. And we've settled somewhere beautifully in between where it's like, yeah, sure, we do sell a bit of that hardcore hobby stuff, but that's not our direct market. Like those people have their hobby game stores for that. That's cool. And like, I think people always assume we have beef with like local you know more hobby stores like no absolutely not like they serve their purpose for that we're also not just for that oh i just want to get drunk and play a really raunchy game yeah we've definitely got that stuff and that's where we started and we've just found this like kind of beautiful medium now where it's like no it's about a good time with people at a table no matter what they're playing right um so one of the things i find quite interesting because i want to play to win like i'm definitely like well, my I I would deny this. My husband says I'm the most competitive person he's ever known. Um, I would like to think I am quite social and not that competitive. But one of the things I also found quite interesting with my girls in particular is they quite like playing collaborative games. And I had to really get my head around this idea that a collaborative game was actually had purpose. Like I was like, why the hell would you play a game where nobody wins? What is the point? But I have like, even with Azul, like we play a more collaborative style with it. By the way, Azul is, if anyone's listening, Azul has got the most beautiful tiles. Like I'm very tactile and I like color. And this is why I like that game because it's so pretty. But they'll play a more collaborative style. And it's interesting to me that a lot of the games do have options to play that can be hard out competitive, but can also be just about really enjoying the moment of hanging out together. Together, which I really like yeah and like it's not you're right it's not just about winning it's you know just doing something together it's fun uh, yeah, yeah you're trying, what, you're games, game. what games are you currently do you play a lot of the games um next question um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you don't have time at the moment you're running a company and you're also doing lighting design yeah I um I definitely do try and play games where I can I think that's probably one misconception, which like I'm not, I try not to be crazy public about, is people assume that I started Game Kings because of a crazy love for board mm. games, um, and it, it wasn't particularly. It was a love for like Cards Against Humanity and like party games and stuff like that. And so I think for a few years I struggled with thinking that like oh board game purists won't like Game Kings because like I but I think it's just been important throughout the years that we always hire people who know lots about board games yeah. and rely on our suppliers who know a lot about board games and we we teach ourselves a lot and you know to be fair I've played a lot of games now and I do understand the category a lot better than you know than when I first started um but I think that's also slightly the difference between Game Kings and other like retailers out there is like they run the business for an absolute passion of the product yeah. right it's a weakness um, to be honest like I'm not saying about any any serious compared but just generally I always have a red flag if a, if a client comes to me and we're working with their business, often the reason their business is struggling is because it's a passion business. And yeah. you actually can't, it's very difficult to run a profitable, successful, growing, thriving business if it is your complete and utter passion because the passion gets out of the, gets in the way. Yeah, exactly. And like, to be fair, I don't, if you're happy just having, you know, a little game store you know and you just want to play some games and be really passionate or whatever the product is yourself like you know that's really cool but then that you're right it distracts you from what you're actually trying to do yeah uh, and you make worse choices because you're led by your current passion of your favorite game or what you're doing as opposed to being able to take a step back and look commercially at it and go this particular game sold really well I personally wouldn't play it but I know that this game is similar to that so it's likely to also sell yeah. well Makes sense. Yeah. So there we go. It's totally okay that you don't play card games all the time. I won't put that in. I won't, when I write about, like, write it down, we won't be adding that. And we'll just, you know, we'll keep it in the podcast. But it won't yeah, be yeah, that, yeah. Um. So so tell me a little bit about, like, in terms of marketing, like I know you mentioned, do you do pay, you do paid advertising? We do heaps of paid A lot of paid. And, and have you found that 
uh, that that started has become a lot more expensive over the last few years with the iOS 14 and things like that with Facebook? Yep, to a degree, it definitely has. Um, I think we've never been crazy granular about trusting like Facebook, Facebook attribution yeah. and attribution. Oh, you shouldn't. Tools. Very good idea. Yeah. <laughs> like end of the day, like my biggest like calculator is literally just looking at, okay, we've been running a game, ads for this game for the last seven days. We've spent this. What have we sold? Yeah, it's, that's it's, the best way to look at it, I right. think. And because I, I do think also it's always a microcosm of, and I tell the people all this time, you've got to look at what your organic marketing was doing, plus your email marketing. And then if, if you're doing paid ads and put it all together, because if you send an email during that period, your return of investment is going to be bigger, but you might not see it on their Facebook ad or they might claim it. But, you know, it's, it's re the, the attribution is really messed up. So yeah. I agree with you. You have to be looking at this is the activity we've been doing. This is what we're promoting and how we can physically see that there's a there's an impact. Yeah. Uh, so you do that, and then you've got obviously Google, Google AdWords as well, and you're using. I I think I have seen you on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, we're we're do, yeah really enjoying TikTok, and I think luckily like I don't mind being in front of a camera, and we've got a few other people around Game Kings who also don't mind. Um, we've been doing a bit of paid on TikTok as well. I yeah. found it a really like quite affordable channel. Um, the traffic has been yeah, attribution. Um, yeah. It, it it's a little bit hard to quantify. It is hard. Traffic's working, but also at the end of the day, when the days we've had TikTok ads running, we've had good days of sales. Um, and it's, you know, it's, yeah, at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for, right? Yeah. And do you do things like put those like TikToks on YouTube Shorts? Are you using other avenues, or is it just mainly Facebook, Instagram, and uh, TikTok? Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We. We dabbled in YouTube and a bit of longer form content stuff last year. I think we went down this path for a while of yeah. looking to go to like the really hardcore board game niche sort of thing. We actually like, we literally had a guy working for us making huge blogs and big long videos and stuff. Um, and there is definitely a space in the world for that content. Um, and he was doing a really great job of it, but I just don't think that what was, that's what was actually, you know, going to drive mm -hmm. good sales unless you're at, you know, crazy scale to do that so um, i'm going to give you something that you should add that's going to cost you 25 us a month and that's it and no effort so please. there's an app called repurpose.io i'll send you a link to it after this but basically you can do a thing where as soon as you do a tiktok it automatically publishes it without the tiktok watermark on your youtube channel Oh. And if you have automatic like things in the bottom of it with links back to your website, like as an automatic answer underneath, it drives heaps more traffic to your website and it's automatic. So you don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Send that over. That I'll send time. your link. It's amazing. Um, I use it and I, it goes out to Twitter as well. And yeah. then I save it to Google drive and then use it as my reel. Also uh, oh, it saves into Google drive for you. As, yeah. Great. Automatically. Yeah. Yes. It's magic. It also yeah. does Pinterest and a whole lot of different other ones. Like it's just so good. And um, I use, I get my coaching clients to use it, uh, but I, it's literally saved me hours because I'm, I'm, because I teach people how to do their own marketing. I then don't get a lot of other people to do my marketing for me, even though that would make a lot of sense because I have to kind of prove that if I can do it and run a business, then you can do it. So yeah. I'm always looking for tools that can cut down their admin time and it's, an awesome tool so I'll, I'll send it to you because I think um if you've got short form content that's going well you may as well put it everywhere yeah yeah exactly and you because you do use LinkedIn and I and that's how I um I mean I've I connected with you a while ago and I've followed you for a while and I know that you share mainly on there more the business style of things you don't tend to share on their products do you yeah like LinkedIn I think how you're saying before you know you encourage some clients to have like a personal TikTok and yeah. the business TikTok for a few years, LinkedIn was like, you know, my, my personal thing. And I'm not super active on it anymore, kind of, because I think at the beginning, to be honest, I was probably seeking some validation and trying to like prove myself a little bit as an entrepreneur. And I'm quite comfortable where we are now. It's like, you know, we've, we've built something. We're not, you know, we're not desperately trying to prove ourselves anymore. No. And I'm also really, really busy. Um, and 
I do, yeah, I feel like back in the day, I used to have a bit more free time for trying to come up with good LinkedIn posts. Um, and yeah, this last year or two is just, yeah. Ever, ever since the start of COVID, the Game Kings has just been kind of out of hand. And to be fair, like we definitely ran into the trap of growing a bit too fast, too quick um, and having to, I, think, I guess, realign what we were doing. Um, like for us, COVID was a blessing at the time because, you know, just crazy growth. Mm -hmm. But then we actually kind of had like a bit of long tail, I guess, hurt from COVID where the supply chain started screwing yeah, up. So, not good. You know, when people could then actually leave their houses and go back out and do stuff, you know, unfortunately, you know, our growth slowed down, as did I think a lot of businesses. Mm. And we had naively just assumed during COVID, oh, well, if we're growing like this, why would we stop? Um, <laughs> and Yeah, it is. It's a big trap. You know, I've worked with a couple of, well, quite a few businesses who we really had to talk to them and go, you cannot look at your 2021 20, figures and look at that and compare for 2022 or you know or 23 or even 24 you need to go back to 2018 19 and pull from that and use yeah. that as your figures to compare um, and you'll see more growth that you'll go actually have grown but it is yeah. like I think that's I think it's a trap that so many people did particularly retailers because suddenly especially ones that kind of like were already teetering on growth anyway to see that big growth suddenly come in and that just kept on going it did feel like it was just going to keep on going yeah yeah um and so that's been it that was a big lesson for us I guess like this year late last year mm. was seeing that growth slow down and one taking it very personally and going well what are we doing wrong like you know nothing so yeah absolutely nothing yeah. yeah um and you know having to make make some adjustments like um transparently at the beginning of this year was really hard we were really overstaffed we'd mm -hmm. continue you know we'd we'd taken on a whole nother warehouse we'd taken on a huge amount of debt and for the first time in Gangkings history we, we actually had to just do some cutbacks you know and it was it's really the worst oh it, horrendous like, uh, we had to do it I'm, i'll send you i'm actually gonna send you a do you read books i know right. adhd yeah. okay just, sometimes it's i'm gonna i'll send you a copy of my book um just but i talk in there about how we had to do the same thing about five or six years ago and i know those people have moved on i this is the first year because it happened about a month, a month ago five or six years ago this is the first year that i didn't have panic attacks during that month five years later uh, because I was so grievously hurt by what I had to do to these people that had entrusted me to be the person that employed them. Yeah. yeah. I don't think people, I didn't realize that that's how it would feel, but it is actually a horrible thing to go through because it's not just you're facing your own failure and fear of, I don't want to make my business fail, but you're also going, I failed these people by not providing them a secure place to be employed. It's, it's a, I know it's hard for the person to lose a job. I've been someone that's been made redundant, but I think it surprised me how hard it is to be the person doing it. Yeah. And I think though, we were just, I just remember being so blown away though by like, unfortunately the people we did have to make redundant, just how so supportive and kind even that they yeah. were to game. And I think, you know, there's a testament to the company that we've grown and the team that we have that, you know, we've tried to make it fun and we've tried to do the best, and, you know, we never, we never, of course, we never hired you with the intention of, of no, you know, you've never, done it. Right? Um, and at the time it was really a case of, well, if we don't make these changes, you know, this could, this could end us. Um, you know, we need to, you know, make these cuts now. It was really hard. Um, and I think it will be for a while. And I think, you know, the recovery from that, from the business point of view is, is taking a while as well. Like, it is. It's a big, yeah. it's, it's big. And I think, you know, that, you can have a successful business, but still, still be one that has these periods of intense struggle and 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 discomfort. Uh, look, know? I don't think I don't think out of all the books I've read on business and all the stories of everything, you never hear of a story not, of a business not having some kind of like struggle. And I'm really glad that you know we're we're pretty well past that now, and we're back onto the up, which is awesome. And it it feels really, and it feels like it was just another challenge, you know, like in a way. I remember my my flatmate at the time earlier this year. I remember one night just sitting on the couch and almost crying with him, just going, 
holy shit, man. Like, this is so hard. This is so hard. And he said something so good. He goes, you know, Elliot, you've spent years dealing with a business that's just growing like this and you've learned yeah. so much from this. And now it's just, it's just a different challenge. It's a different level in the game. You just need to learn how to deal with the business that's struggling for a bit. It's just, it's a different set of challenges. It's such like, a good way to see it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I did just kind of reframe it as like, it's a, you know, it's a different challenge. And um, in bad timing this year, I had to go overseas for a few months um, doing lighting, mm. which was something I committed to <laughs> a long time before, you know, the business was struggling a bit. And when I came back, you know, I was overseas just having, I had the worst anxiety in my life while I was overseas. Mm. I should have been having the best time of my life because, you know, mm. I'm traveling around Europe, being creative, doing one of the things yeah. I love. But the whole time I've just got this thing in the back of my head going, oh, fuck, I just need to get home and work on game. I just need to get home. And so I just came home like as soon as I could. And when I got home, I, I just framed it as a challenge. It's just like, okay, cool. Well, this is what's going wrong. Like, yeah. here are the things I can do to fix it and you know I'd been pulling pretty crazy work in Europe doing this lighting and I was like cool I'm just gonna pull the same work ethic into Game Kings as I get home and just get shit back on track um and that's when we started doing TikTok <laughs> I I love that and I think um I've got a um, I might send a link to it um I did a podcast really early on when I started doing map marketing with um a woman um called Tash from a company called Jubbly Up she sells these cool little pins and she did TikTok. And then around this time of the year, she started doing $10,000 a day just on TikTok sales. Wow. And um, I'll send it to, I'll send you the thing because she just, her main revenue, she's in Australia. Her main revenue now is, is just from TikTok. Exciting, yeah. Which is exciting. Um, yeah. So I, I love, I love that you've done that. So for you, what do you feel is next up for Game Kings? Like, what do you feel is, where, what are you excited about with where you guys are going now? I think for us, it's actually getting more into like, we've got a second part of Game Kings, Game Kings Studios, which is, you know, where we're actually creating games ourselves and publishing and licensing and other people's games. And, you know, I think when we first got into Game Kings, it was an interest in e-commerce and a bit mm. of games. And I think we've done a really incredible job of building an awesome e-commerce retailer. And I think we know that we can't particularly take the e-commerce retail of everyone else's products out of New Zealand yeah but we can take the games that we're making out of New Zealand you know that we're not competing there's no point we've thought about going into Australia so many times but there's no point of us trying to launch Game Kings in Australia no. from New Zealand when there's no. so many competitors over there and the shipping so expensive like mm. it's just it's just not worth it um but the future of Game Kings is super exciting like we have so many games of our own in the pipeline, which is, you know, they don't only just go through Game Kings, but then they go through all the other retailers as well. And, you know, we've got our games through Wickles and Paper Plus and Farmers. That is exciting. You know, that's where the future is is for us. And it's not about abandoning the retail in, in any way. Mm. You know, we've built this awesome retail company here um, and Game King Studios and Game Kings. They work kind of symbiotically really nicely together where, you know, we can see what's working on Game Kings yeah. and we can create more games. And then we've got this huge database of customers to, you know, feed stuff mm. through. Um, and so that's that's kind of the, the future for us is just continuing to be like the best online retailer that we can um, along with growing Game King Studios. What I really like about that too, though, for you as someone with ADHD who needs constant challenges is that developing a game, like each one of them, even though there'd be a process, it would be similar each one of those is a new challenge. That's so a really great way for you to stay stimulated in the business. Yeah, true. You yeah, know, like true. it's a really, because yeah. I I have little products that I've started developing for us. And I, some of them have to go on hold because my husband's an annoying CFO who makes us have gain, like profit goals before we reach them. It's really irritating. But like, I know those are the things that keep me going. Like I need to have those to kind of be the stimulation for all the dry stuff I've got to do as a business owner. Like yeah. it, it's a good balance. Yeah, uh, this has been a really awesome chat. I've really enjoyed, um, to, and I just want to say too, thank you so much for your openness and honesty. I think it's been a really amazing story, um, and and it's been one that I I know a lot of small business owners will take a lot of hope from because you've taken risks. Some of those haven't always worked, but you've come through, and how you've pushed through that is actually completely inspiring. Um, if people want to know how to get your games the ones that you've designed and also the ones that you sell that you've designed and haven't designed, where do they go? 
Um, yeah, just just gamekings.co.nz. Hopefully you can find us. Um, yeah, ads should be working. But uh, no, just jump on there. We we don't really do a lot of physical retail. We've, mm. we've tried around with it, but no, we're um, we're based in Kirikiriro. Welcome to drop in any time. This is another thing which is really cool is we've got this little click and click store at the front of Game Kings, but when we built when we like built the office we did all this construction and we put a window in the in the store so you could come into the store but you can actually see through to the warehouse out the back because mm-hmm. i wanted people to be able to kind of see like you know there's actually thousands of games back there and when we're not having a particularly busy day if someone comes in to look in the you know the store's probably got a hundred games to look at mm-hmm. out the back there's thousands um you know we'll just let a customer go walk through the warehouse just you know that's an awesome and- that would be very dangerous on my credit card i'm just saying <laughs> come in anytime um <laughs> but you know the customer 99% of the time the customer says the same thing you say oh do you want to look at the full range mm-hmm. and you let them walk through the office and you open those two big drawers that go out to the warehouse and every time they just go holy shit and I was gonna just- say I had a different swear but I was I was imagining a holy f moment that's probably yeah. what I would say yeah so I agree like you would not realize like the it would be an exciting moment yeah um because you know we've got Florida ceiling warehouse racking just full of thousands of games um and it's really cool when a customers like we had some customers a few weeks ago from Christchurch who were visiting the North Island traveling through Hamilton and they made a particular you know moment to stop in Hamilton to come to Game Kings and it was cool because you know I looked at one of their customer accounts and I think he's done like 30 orders or something in the last couple of years and so it's really cool to be able to say well you know this warehouse here this is where every single one of your orders has has come from you know like this is these are the people who have packed your box you know and you know a few days a week i'm generally out there packing boxes as well i i I, and so many of my friends and family have packed boxes for game kings i kind of say if you haven't if you haven't packed a box for game kings you're probably not a real friend um I love that. I was actually gonna I'm gonna check your TikTok because I'm hoping you've got some box. Yes, you do. You've got some packing orders, packing orders ones, which is always really important. I'll tell you one thing that Tash said that I really liked is if someone says that they came from TikTok on their order, she then makes a video of them particularly packing that order, which is a bit magic uh, and puts it on TikTok. That was what one of the changing things that she did that worked really well. Yeah. Little hack. Um, this has been a complete pleasure. Thank you so much, um, Elliot, for being part of this. It was just so good to talk to you. And uh, I'm now, I've written down about seven things I want to do uh, from this that has reminded me that I want to do, which is always, I was like, oh, I need to get that. And that actually, I will just say, though, that your failed costume story reminded me that I desperately need to buy myself a cat in the hat costume for my TikTok. So, uh, you know, um, hey. Costumeworld.co.nz. Um, yeah. I'm still going um and they're still it's still the same website that we built and it was lovely thank you so much for being part of the show and um, i'm looking forward to hearing this when it comes out too yeah thank you so much you're very welcome one of the things i love most about podcasting is how much i learn about myself and i made a bunch of notes when i was talking to elliot of things that i realized that i wanted to do uh one of the things that happened was i recorded the podcast that was last week's podcast all about my story around putting myself first because I really thought about how that impacted me. I also bought a cat in the hat costume afterwards because he was talking about his other business. Uh, But what I really loved about talking to Elliot was thinking about how often we don't need to have a massive game plan, which I've talked about before, but that what we do need to make sure is that we're really focusing on using our best skills and having that balance of having what we do best and then having other people around us to help us do those things. The other thing I really liked about talking with Elliot was talking about that difficulty he's experienced and I know is so common around other people coming and doing the marketing and it not getting right. It's one of my passions, of course, because I really want small business owners to really get their messaging right, right from the start before they think about getting someone else doing it. And if you are the person that's the face of your business, I'd love you to come and be part of my coaching program or just subscribe to my Substack, uh, which I um, is called uh, Content Master Web, and it's on Substack or Hello Human by Rachel Clava on Substack. And you can come and learn from there as well um, for free or for a low cost. But when we come back and have a look at, at Elliot, I guess what I'd really like to check with you is that Are you ready to push it forward in 2023? 
are you ready to commit to big, sherry, scary shit, as he says in, in the podcast, and grow further than you are now? If you aren't wanting to do that, if you're wanting to say as you are, that's also totally okay. But have a think. Is it time for you to see growth next year and step out to make that happen? What is the year going to be for you? Make a decision and step forward in whatever that is with confidence and play the game. It's a fun one. Talk to you next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.